Welcome to episode two of Forging the Journey, where we discuss our joys and struggles of entrepreneurship and business. I'm Greg Davis. I'm Jared Dobb. All right, let's get going. Yeah, man. How's everything going? Uh, oh, man. It's, uh, it's, it's been a crazy week. Um, in fact, just so people know, it's Friday morning, and we were supposed to do this Tuesday morning. Yep. It was one and, of those uh, We've both been we've both been having one of those weeks. It's I'm not sure when we're gonna get this this posted up, but uh, this is the week before Black Friday week, and I think we're both kind of gearing up for for that. And um, I've been a slave to the CNC machine and and all this other stuff. So yeah, and I've been a slave to losing my voice and almost dying. It feels like <laughs> yeah, you've been sick, and I'm still. It's been like a month, and I swear I'm still not over this cold that I got. I think I just keep getting new colds, and it just keeps stacking up. Well, we you have kids, I have kids. As soon as one gets sick, it's just a revolving door, it seems like. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, cool. So man. I'm pumped so for today, too. Yeah, man. So today, we're, it's going to be all about you. It's going to be all about TA. And frankly, I was thinking, it, you know, a lot of these questions I have for you, I'm going to be learning, too, because you and I haven't really taken the time to go too far back in time. Um, you know, you know, learning about our past and our histories and stuff. So, I'm kind of looking forward to, you know, you know kind of learn a little bit more about, you know, just about your background and TA's background and stuff. Awesome, yeah, man. So, let's get it rolling. My, let's start with some of the basics. Um, your name's obviously Jared Dobb. You already said that. How old are you? Twenty-seven now. I had to think about that for a second. Twenty-seven. You're such a babe. Yeah, I know. Still young. We all are. And <laughs> yeah, getting that's where I'm, I'm doubling in age every day. That's what it feels like sometimes. Um, yeah. So, um, where are you guys based out of? Uh, TA Targets is based out of Ephrata, Pennsylvania, which is southeastern part of the state. It's actually, I mean, it's not too far away from where you're at, Greg, in Ohio. How, how long did it take you to get out here? Last time you drove, uh, it was like five hours. So you're kind of you're what you're kind of between Harrisburg and Philadelphia. You're kind of yeah, we're closer to. Well, I guess we're kind of right in the middle. It's still yeah. the southeastern part of the state, but yeah, right. only about an hour and a half away from Philadelphia. Probably a little less than an hour, maybe an hour to Harrisburg. Okay, so tell us kind of how things got started. Like has the TA Target shop always been TA Targets. What made that transition? If it wasn't, so tell us kind of about the the very beginning of that. Yeah. So the uh, the background of what we got going on here is uh, back in well before 2015, um, my two business partners before we were business partners started messing around with different target systems. They um, always wanted to build a target system or some kind of product that was their own, and the reason they wanted to do that is. Um, both Ethan and Kirby own another business, which is Richard L. Sensenig Company, um, which is primarily an industrial roofing company, but also had a fabrication division. And so before I was even part of the picture, they started messing around with um, what we call the Phantom Target. And then throughout the progression of them starting to play with target systems, you know, I, I had gone to college for drafting and... Um, I had worked with a company that did structural steel, miscellaneous metals, big warehouse buildings, lots of staircases, railings, that kind of thing. So I had a skill set in drafting. And so that's 
you know, as I had grown in that company, um, and uh, they started out with the targets. Essentially, at one point, they offered me a spot in at TA Targets. And for a short period of time there, I did drafting for the other company, Richard L. Sensen Company. And about a year and a half into that, we transitioned me full-time into Targets because that's our end goal is um, obviously growing TA Targets. Um, it's its own company, its own brand. Um, and we, you know, the cool part is because of the structure that we had previously with the other business, um, we have the footprint, the machinery, and the personnel um, to transition into this TA targets thing that we got rolling on. Wow, so that's pretty cool. Hopefully that makes, yeah. it's kind of a jumbled way, you know, that that's again kind of a bird's eye view of everything, and that's a really shortened down um, process, but that's essentially the layout of how we got rolling as a company. And we incorporated in May of 2015. So is the is that original company still going? Is that yes? Or is so it... the the original company does its own work as well, and we share the same building. Um, our team works out of the exact same building. We use the same equipment. Okay. So is that kind of tricky to you know to, to schedule in their work versus target work on, on the same machines and stuff not What's really like? because we have you know we have mark our own shipping guy we've got lee um who primarily it's not always full-time but pretty much every week all he's doing is building targets uh, because as, as our volume has grown um, we keep him busy and you know that's essentially it is we have our own team for targets that uh does the manufacturing and the uh, anything from painting then ultimately mark our shipping manager handles all the shipments heading out um, and then all i do is marketing for ta targets uh, and ethan has transitioned full-time into the production end of ta targets so currently right now for example he's integrating a fully automated inventory tracking system and working with mark to get that kind of stuff rolling so that we can go up to the next level with ta targets so how many people do you have there, you know, working on this at stuff? TA targets at any given time. Um, let me just let me think. Um, probably got at any given time four to six people that we are that have we have on some certain task for TA targets. So it's a lot smaller than what people think. I, I know that yeah. I always get the comment that people see the Instagram and they see you know what we got going on and um, think that we're probably. You know, employing 20 to 30 people full time, but you know, we're hustling, but we're doing it with a fairly small, lean crew. And you have to as you're starting out, you know, you know, that, yeah. Craig, you can't just yeah. go out and you know, hire 20 people. Oh, for sure. And that's, and honestly, I, I, I didn't know that there was that many people. I, I assume there was like, I don't know, well, I know that you have two business partners, so I assume that there's, yep. I don't know, four of you or something like that. And like I said, it fluctuates. So my, me and Ethan now have a full-time, um, just the work alone that we have to complete is its full-time job. And Mark is um, pretty much full-time every week. And he fluctuates a little bit. Um, he's retired from the Army. Uh, so we have a very flexible schedule with him, but he's here 35 to 40 hours a week usually. Gotcha. Hmm. It has got to make that 
you know, the transition and starting a business, it, it, it was nice that you guys had something already existing. I mean, imagine starting a target company from scratch, you know, the building and, and the machinery. Oh, yeah, it, it would definitely... And all that stuff. It definitely it helps in certain aspects. Um, I will say that some of the biggest benefits that we've received because of the structure have been the hardest things for us to navigate because um, just because of the structure and how everything is. Building a new company next to an existing company is very complicated and uh we'll we'll dive into that as we keep rolling on this podcast but yeah um there's never i think there's a misconception that there's an easy way to do this i'm not convinced that there's an easy way to do this at all you know what i mean i think there's different ways to do it to start a business from the ground up but um, if you want to go the traditional route for ta targets what we would have done is just essentially taken out a big loan, rented a building, you know, bought the equipment, invested all of that um, up front, and that does bring with it a lot of risk. So there's there's certain aspects of what we've done that that helps, and there's definitely complications because of it. Yeah, I can imagine. So you mentioned that 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 you do drafting and stuff, but. Um, from what I understand, your your job's a lot more than that. So what do you what all do you do there? So I don't do a whole lot of drafting anymore at all, other than product design. Um, you know, I, I handle CNC programming, things like that. But I don't do any other work for the older company anymore. I'm full time TA targets, and most of my day to day job revolves around the marketing, the sales managing customers, any contact questions, things like that. And um, also, obviously, media creation and everything you see on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, that's all originating from me. So that's pretty much my my job description. But, I, you know, I wear multiple hats, and that's something that you'll see with any newer business. You kind of have to fill in the voids. You know, there's always going to be something that needs to be done, and when you're starting up fresh can't always do it you always have to i guess you should say you have to end up doing it yourself yep. you, know, you, you can't necessarily just go out and hire someone to fulfill office tasks you just have to figure out how to manage that time no for sure um yeah even I mean, no matter how many people you have uh you know you're gonna have to you have to wear more than one hat and it's and that's kind of a tricky thing. I'm sure it's something that in future podcasts we're going to talk about a lot more is just, you know, figuring out, uh, you know, responsibilities and how that changes as the company grows. And, right. And, uh, you know, just, you know, at some point you have to decide what's, what, what's my most value here. You know, what should I, should I be doing versus what I am doing? Yeah. And that's incredibly uh, difficult to balance that and try to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, how, how is your, how has TA's product, um, changed and evolved, um, over the last three years? Uh, it started out as just one target system and then has evolved from there into a full lineup of over a dozen different systems right now, um, it started out with a small idea and then it's just branched out as needs have been presented. And as we've 
innovated, created our own systems, our own twists on things. Um, it's like anything. You start out with one thing and then go from there, you know? Yep. Sure. So let's talk a little more about, I think this is where people are going to really start kind of hearing more of the passion in your voice as far as business goes. Um, what is what is your mission with this business? So there's multiple ways to look at that. And, you know, there's a personal level, there's a team level, and there's a business level, I think. Uh, personally, something that I've always had inside, I guess you could say, is that I have a desire to create some sort of legacy. I don't really care about money. I don't care about... Um, you know, material things. It's it's nice to have, you know, to make a healthy living. And, and obviously as a business owner, that's one of your goals. But for me, just looking into a market that has been plagued by just inferior products and just bad craftsmanship and people just chasing cheap products for years and years and years and companies not really actually innovating, if that makes any sense. It, it it drives us, it drives me to try to push that envelope. And then also because of, you know, when you're owning the business and everything relies on you, that gives me a sense of drive. You know, as, as I start seeing larger sales come in, larger orders, and knowing that our products have now hit every state in the U.S., they've been exported, um, it just gives you an immense amount of satisfaction. But bigger than that, is the fact that when you own a company and you're building a product, you're actually becoming part of the customer's story. And that's gonna might seem corny to some people, but I think that it's important to view it like that because every product creates some sort of solution, or it should, if you know what I mean. I mean, like your Neomag creates a solution for the pocket carry. Our targets are creating a solution for people who are driven to perfect their craft and training to be their own protectors. You know, that That's our demographic that's buying our targets. And when we're creating a solution for that void, we're actually, as a company, walking beside them as they're forging their own journey. You know what I mean? It, and so that, in and of itself, if you think of it that way, is extremely exciting. People are trusting you by investing in your company to drive you forward, and now you have to return um, with the product that ultimately is going along with their journey. And I I could talk for hours about, you know, mindset and where, you know, how it's how I'm driven by that. But if you boil it down to that, there's a unique dynamic between a customer and a company. And good companies, um, I don't want to say leverage that, but they build on that. And they engage the customer along that journey. And I think I'm sure that you can relate to this, which I totally agree. And I think you know, one of the hard parts as 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 our business has grown is is it gets harder and harder to be um, be relational and be and get that personal connection with each of your customers. You know, right. I'm sure when you guys started out, I mean, <clears throat> I used to you know even when I had. You know, you know, you know, just a couple thousand Instagram followers. Man, I knew, I knew most of those those people. I knew most of those accounts, and and if I, 
if I didn't see that person like or comment in a while, I could shoot them a DM and be like, hey, man, just, just want to see how you're doing. And it had nothing to do with trying to sell them more stuff. It was just, it, it was just, you like, you want to be a part of that. Right. Um, and part of your customer and stuff. And it, and it gets harder and harder to, you know, it, you know, as you become more successful and you start moving more product, um, it gets harder and harder to do that. So how have, is that something that you have felt too and that you want to, you know, how do you deal with that? Yeah, so we had the same experience and I think every business will. When we started out and I switched over to full-time, I was handling the sales, shipping, packaging, inventory, um, even some of the process assembly and, you know, keeping that stuff together, ordering materials. Um, so it was very, I was intimately involved in every aspect of it. Now, as you grow, you realize you can't be. And like you said, the example of just even knowing customers, being able to recognize names as return customers became that much more difficult when now instead of just dozens of orders you've got thousands mm-hmm. it, it just becomes that much harder to keep track of um, of who's actually ordering and there's times that because I still handle the customer service end of things that you know if anybody emails us at the time of this podcast you know if you email TA targets I'm going to respond to you if you call you're going to talk to me and at some point you know that probably will change but at the same token are the people we've brought onto our team are maintaining that level of contact. So, for example, if you buy a TA Targets product, you're going to get a handwritten note by Mark, our shipping manager. And it's not by me anymore because I need to make sure, you know, my tasks are um, changing a little bit. But I think that a company, regardless of how big it gets, can still maintain levels of personal interaction. And one of the biggest things I want to stay away from with TA Targets, and I know the rest of my my business partners feel the same way, is we don't want to become a faceless corporation, if that makes sense. Every industry has the big players, and they're the ones that you feel like you could, you'd email them, but they'll never respond. Or you'll Mm -hmm. call them and you'll get an automated service that never takes you anywhere. And so, you know, we're going to, we've committed to maintaining that level of personal interaction as we add on our team members so yeah yeah, that's just a couple a couple examples of how how ta targets is is managing and it also helps that as of right now you know as we're recording this podcast i also run the instagram facebook and the youtube so anytime someone's commenting or messaging they're getting a personal comment back personal message back because i know you've seen this the bot messages from companies Oh yeah, ah, it drives me nuts when you tag yep. a company and it just all you get is the emojis and you know that it's just some program that they've got, you know, pumping that or or maybe they're just not willing to take that time to interact with you on that level. But yeah, that stuff drives me crazy. No, yeah, me too. And and most people can can pick up on that and they figure out pretty quick wait i'm not i'm not talking to a person here right yeah um, it, it's very obvious and then they and then they get you know it just it makes that makes a company look bad right because um, they're because they're faking it 
so it's yeah and, and it's really not that hard mm-hmm. to maintain some level of interaction i know you you handle things like that you and dusty and it doesn't always have to be the owner if if you know what no, I mean. i'm sure you agree but just even having a person who you know mark our shipping manager for example he's bought into this company he believes in the mission that we're doing and so when mark writes out a note and says thank you it's a real thank you you know what i mean it's it's not yeah. it's not just because of tradition or just because of um you know this is how we do things but it's because we believe like i said a couple minutes ago that we're part of our customer's story and then because of that they deserve the best service that we can offer and the personal interaction in my opinion is something that people are are hungry for in a world that we're so used to dealing with the amazons and the massive chains absolutely yeah i mean we, we see the same thing i don't want to get in i'm not gonna get into this too much because we'll probably talk about it next week but you know we do the same thing you know, with a handwritten note and it's yep and that's probably the thing that i that i get the most feedback on is people are like holy crap that that you know that was real ink <laughs> wasn't yep. just a not just a you know, it's not it's not printed out or it's yep. uh yeah and that's it. and people do i think that the, the, i think it even kind of helps a little bit is people generally assume that your business is bigger than what it is and you already kind of you already kind of mentioned that you know i think people assume that we're like a that we're like a 20 employee you know you know you know big corporation right and so when they assume that that you're really big and that you get a handwritten note um you know it seems even bigger but you know you, you know when i tell people I'm like oh no it's it's either me or dusty that did that you know some of the, or, or you know sometimes when i get real busy my wife will come out and, and help and you might get something from her but uh yeah well yeah you know the the general rule of thumb that i've always heard is that for every thousand followers you have you should probably have an employee right mm. <laughs> so you'd have what 50 That'd be employees nice. <laughs> something like that yeah that'd be nice I would have twenty six point eight. That's where I'd be. The point eight would be really interesting. Yeah, the point eight. That would be like a sixteen year old or something. Yeah, no doubt. But yeah, it's it's funny. Perception is it's cool, and I think, like you said, I, I think it helps companies gain legitimacy. But you definitely have to have a level of professionalism that separates you from, you know, the big box, the big the big names that you know people realize. They'll never be able to actually talk to someone, at least not through Instagram or any any quick means to get a quick answer. Yeah. So, which you know we're kind of getting low on time here. So, um, one thing that you've that you've really 